Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. We return. Happy New Year. Uh, Merry Christmas and all that sort of bollocks that we've done. That Happy was good Hanukkah. Fun. We had some good bonuses over the uh, festive period. We did. Um, everyone loves a bit of a Santa's Little Helper. I muchly enjoyed that. That was a good fun one. In fairness, it's the best film we've watched. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was. We've got the Super Quiz Cup 3 that seems to have gone down a treat. Uh, well, I think we can spoil it. We, well, no, it hasn't gone down a treat at all, because I <laughs> almost ruined my fucking Christmas having that trophy sat at home. Oh, man, it was a good time, though. But good on the time. plus point, it's very nice that we're now in legal wranglings with WWE for willpower using a copyrighted song, <laughs> plagiarizing bastard. So ridiculous. We didn't introduce ourselves, I just realized. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm not in the, the habit of going, hello, my name's Rich. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. I'm here with my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go straight into our end of year awards? Yeah. We thought it'd be something a bit different because uh, obviously you've watched all 73 hours of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, this week mm. I'm up to my eyeballs as it's tax return deadline season so sure. I haven't got much free time around you and your entire family have been plagued yeah we've all had great. the flu and my miss had a stomach bug it's been bloody great but we thought it'd be quite fun um, to ease things back in to go and have a look at the well obviously we're in a brand new decade but the the story's the so 20s. Far. We're in the 20s. Bring back the jazz. <laughs> Be very careful if you sign anything off as 20 as a date. So 1, 1, 20. Because someone could put 17 after it. And so they could backdate your contract. Oh, interesting. Be okay. very careful when you do that. <laughs> there you go. And if you're really... I'm wa- sure I'll be fine. <laughs> However, okay. something that defies time, decades, dates in a calendar is the World of Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. If you've got a bit of spare Christmas money and you want to support the podcast, head over to Amazon.co.uk, just search World of Wrestling Podcast and get our CM Punk spoof t-shirt. I love the way you wrangled that in. That was really good. <laughs> well played. So we're not doing like end of year awards like everyone else. We're doing our podcast roundup sort yeah. of thing. So there are nominations and awards and stuff that we're going to talk about as we kind of go through the awards that we've done. We basically picked a whole bunch of categories and said from the last year. So what was it? From episode 22 of Wrestle Kingdom 13. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Hang on. I should have probably specified. I thought we were doing for, as it's the decade awards, we're doing all of the episodes of the podcast. That's not what we said. I chose to ignore that, <laughs> which means some of my awards may be out of date. <laughs> Well, there's a few awards. We can just go through and talk about it. You give yeah. a shit. Um, it does. Like, there's no set rules. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Um, there were a few that I was like, I definitely want to give this award to something I remember. And it was like, oh, shit, that was the year before. So I haven't listed them. Look at me as a so... modern day maverick. I don't read the instructions. <laughs> I just carry on doing what the hell I want to do. <laughs> Let's just go through it and see what happens. You know what I mean? By the way, could someone take that gimmick to be calling themselves the modern day maverick? Modern day maverick. That's quite nice. Was that a Maverick Mayhew? The modern-day Maverick, Maverick Mayhew. That, that works for me. <laughs> the mod- anyway. Oh, sorry, go on. What we're meant to do for episode 22, but I guess we'll do it from episode one, fuck it, <laughs> through to the Super Quiz Cup number three, which will be the 31st of December 2019. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You happy with that? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so everything. So it would have been a total of 43 episodes, but I guess it's more than that now. Yep, more. So 60, what are we up to now? Ooh, 64? Si- 64. Something like that. That's numbered episodes, though. Plus bonuses. So we're Plus probably... all the bonuses. It's more like in the 70s. The 70s into 80s, because we're going to be two years old this year. Hey, we've done a lot of podcasts. There is a lot of content. Interestingly, when I was looking back some of our previous shows, I thought, oh, I wonder if there's anything to 
again revisit from Stardom, which we did for episode three. Yeah. And now if you type in Stardom um, Five Star Grand Prix 2017, the top search result is our podcast. Oh, no <laughs> it's way. It's not even Stardom. Nice. Cool. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's awesome. We're big in Japan. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, uh, we'll say it now. I'm genuinely bemused that anyone gives us the time of day listening to the pod. Like, it's, it's so rewarding to look down and go... 70 odd people have taken in the super quiz cup in the last week and you're like that's awesome especially over christmas and new year where everyone's busy they're out and about sure. they're not going to spend time to do it but again if you want to check out the super quiz cup or if you want to go and revisit any of the episodes which win awards in today's show go to worldofwrestlingpodcast.com that's where you can find all of our, all of our archive if you subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Twitch, Google Podcasts, wherever your chosen podcast app is, you can find these episodes, our entire history. Just make sure you subscribe. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review because it helps us out greatly. Fucking A. You can listen to, well, there's, if you total it up, we've got about just under 6,000 listens through our like audio bits. Yeah. Then like another couple of thousand on top of that. So we're topping like 7,000 odd listens. And I'm like, Wow. That's quite a lot. People need to get hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, like, don't like, shit on them. No. Like, I was going to say, all, say, thank you. We appreciate you. In all seriousness. Give us more money. Let's do more podcasting. Wait a second. Did you did you see CM Punk's deleted tweet earlier? No. So um, I think Miz was mocking CM Punk on WWE backstage saying like he's changed the climate or changed something. And then Miz basically went, oh, sorry, I didn't make any changes. And I think CM Punk tweeted something like that's because you're sucking the blood covered saudi arabian money dick of someone Jesus. and now unsurprisingly the tweet has been deleted but Ooh. i think it's safe to say if punk ever wrestles again he's definitely going to wrestle in saudi <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with our best episode oh best episode yes okay so obviously, I've only got from number 22 onwards, so would you like to start this? Have you got ones that are pre-episode 22 that so you'd like to nominate? When you say best episode, which category of... So is this the... Because you've got best bonus pod, or you've got unexpected great show. <laughs> did you read any of the messages I sent you? I did. I listed down the entire categories which you've got. Literally, the first one is just best episode. <laughs> Oh, the one at the top of my list. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I don't read things anymore. (coughs) You broke me already, fucking hell. So. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Go on, go on. My best episode is the Super Quiz Cup 1. Oh, awesome. Purely because it's something that I don't think I've ever seen, either online, on a streaming service, on a YouTube channel, anyone has done a wrestling-based quiz whilst recording it, editing it, and actually going to a studio to record it. Sure. So from my standpoint, our best episode, because it's the most, I'd say, adventurous thing that we tried at the time. It's certainly a raw concept, number one. It's... It's obviously where the schmodown is the thing I got the concept from, which yeah. is like a movie trivia thing on YouTube. Yeah. Where they do like a game show and obviously and but we obviously played games on the pod in the first year or so, every episode. We'd make up silly games yeah. and steal ideas from like T V shows and such and Can try you remember and turn we did Wrestle wrestling. League? Of course. Jesus yeah. Christ, the fancy football wrestle league. Fuck yeah, I, I wish we'd kept it up. We probably could look back at our teams now and tally them up and see who's actually winning. Like no one. go back and check they're in fantasy. WWE so no one wins. <laughs> Like when you go back and check a fantasy team you set up in September and you're like, oh, it's June. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, whatever. 
and and also um when we did i mean all of the chikara shows we've done have been great fun shows to watch sure. so obviously they get honorable mentions from me but from my personal standpoint the best episode we've done is super quiz cup cool man um i have a bunch of nominations here okay um uh for me rinka king was a real special one i mean it's certainly special yeah and the i've never laughed so much <laughs> at a show that's like an hour and a bit long that has fuck all wrestling on it but it was the most enjoyable bunch of nonsense i mean how dare you they had a cricket <laughs> hero was it who which was the, i can't even remember the name of the cricket um, hero. Was it? Uh, it's the Turbinator. Sachin Tendulkar? Uh, no, he's currently a cricket I can't remember. Player. As you can tell, big cricket fans here. But like, <laughs> I remember that opening song right to this day. With the girls in the gold dancing. Exactly. There was like five to ten minutes of Bollywood music before they even got into the announcements and the introduction. I was just like, I remember it was sponsored by a lorry truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening? Because they all started at the lorry park, didn't they? And they came out of the lorry. Yeah, it's just absolute madness. Um, five star Belfast in terms of us being angry at professional wrestling oh my God. and mocking one of the worst situations the company's ever been in was is genius in terms of like funny episodes. In fairness, those though, two for me were top of the list by a long way. Let's just put it out there though with five star. At least it was never run by a nonce. Well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few other shows that I kind of really enjoyed as well. Um, I, I've got to throw episode 50 in there. Yeah. Like my first chance to get in a pro wrestling ring with Coach Wicked and like yourself and just to be able to experience that was something very, very special for me. I love I That was such a fun day to, to go and record that. And having, I mean, Coach Wicked went above and beyond, well beyond the amount of time limits we'd booked him into it. He does a lot yeah, for us. Sure. He does a lot for our pod. And it's only about an hour's worth of footage. We were there like three and a plus hours. Yeah. We were there a long time. I like the fact that where um, <clears throat> another wrestler and Prolet Kayfabe, uh, we won't reveal who's, was just standing waiting to go to dinner with Mr. Wicked. And he was like, nope, we're going to get chicken in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, uh, maybe his opponent at the time was there ready to fuck him up. <laughs> but, um, Fork in the eye. <laughs> these are all like honorable mentions for me. Uh, my my personal favourite. This is very selfish. Was uh, Defiant Number Seven with my dad? Oh, so yeah. Episode forty three. I think in terms of podcasting, I think that episode is fucking brilliant. What an insight into how others see professional wrestling. So obviously, if you're listening sure. to this podcast, you're not listening to this on a whim. You're listening to this <laughs> because you like and you watch and you take in professional wrestling. Yeah. Your father. Did not. No. He he was not pulling any punches. I think it'd be really fun this year if we could get my mum to come and do one. I would love to have other people that are outside of our little And we realm can question her about people. how much she really did want to marry Marty Jannetty. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I want him to be my real dad now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh murder clown catch of the year oh yes you got some nominations here i or have one pick i have one pick for murder <coughs> clown nomination i wonder if it's the same year. one i've got go on well let me take you back to episode 44 yeah boy <laughs> at triple mania 27 now this show can someone some people look at it going kenny omega was here at this triple a my word what's he doing here the the bucks were here but no no don't worry Two years ago, and actually one of the first AAAs we covered at Triple Mania 25, we saw Aerostar fall from some scaffolding. Yeah, just some scaffolding, not very high, you know. And Murder Clown was standing there, 
and all the other people around him just fell over to leave poor Murder Clown standing there to catch Aerostar. And fair play to Murder Clown, he did. Hence the birth of the Murder Clown catching people. Yeah, we, we've literally referenced this on every podcast since. But this moment, Aerostar came down from a platform from the roof of the arena. The Arena Mexico. Arena Mexico. From the roof of the goddamn <laughs> arena. Like, what? And he jumped onto a pile of wrestlers in the middle of the ring, who unsurprisingly again, despite Aerostar jumping from the roof of Arena Mexico, all crumbled for the one man to stand there to catch this dude falling 50, 60 foot from an arena roof. Like, this man now follows us on Twitter. He does. (laughs) What a lad. He definitely doesn't understand anything we say. (laughs) No, he doesn't seem to speak very much English at all. (laughs) But my... Murder Clown Catch of the Year goes to catching Aerostar falling from the roof of Arena Mexico at Triple Mania 27. I'm going to repeat what I did on that podcast. Sign him up, Cody. Sign him up. <laughs> he needs he needs to be in the world of professional wrestling where I regularly watch it. I want him to be paid lots and lots of money. This is a man we need in professional wrestling. AW need big men. And Murder Clown would be there. I would love it if Murder Clown came in and just ate the Dark Order. Absolutely. <laughs> and he's, he's so good. He's really You've good. You've seen some of the clips yeah. and stuff recently. But what I'd really like to happen, <laughs> let's well, let WWE ruin him, but in a good way. Let's make it be Doink on steroids. Oh my God, it'd be so much fun. But just With a squirty flower, but with acid. <laughs> I adore the man. I really do. And he's not. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> Aerostar is the biggest catch. Every show we've seen Murder Clown, and granted, we've not watched much AAA, but Murder Clown catches everyone. Yeah. He doesn't. He's not like flipping independent wrestling where there's a massive flip and everyone just crumbles because someone goes near them. No, Murder Clown stands there front and center. Okay, so I will catch you, brother. He absolutely had to win the first of this category. Absolutely, yeah, for exactly. Sure. Uh, I do have a uh, an, uh, an honourable mention here, which is from episode 36 of WCW Slamboree, <laughs> which is the WCW entrance ramp for catching Canyon off the triple cage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, had Murder laugh. Clown been there, Chris Canyon's life could have been a whole lot different. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm glad we both agree on the Murder Clown because he's... he's become a running gag on the podcast every single week and the thing is though it's not even just a running gag because he's really good at wrestling yeah it's 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 kind of a joke in that we say it every week and it's all it's like <laughs> when everyone doesn't get caught we're just like they need a murder clown but he legitimately does catch everyone he's the best yeah and again lesson to independent wrestlers if you are in a match where someone is diving or jumping off to anything high up and they say catch me <laughs> wait till you've caught them before you fall over I mean, you would think that would be important. Save your friends, you know? Yeah, save your professional (laughs) colleagues. Sure. All right. Don't be like him. Be like Murder Clown. Let's move on to the Can He Do That Joey Award. Um, I have some nominations here. Obviously, now that we're doing all the podcasts, we have to give it to the ECW fan behind Joey Styles. Who says, (laughs) Can He Do That Joey? So it's John Ref John Molyneux, I think it is. Yeah turns an individual match into a tag team match and some guy behind Joey Stars just goes can he do that Joey <laughs> from behind him and I remember just hearing it and laughing and laughing and laughing at how funny he timed it but I have some other nominations here far away so um 
episodes 34 to 36, including the lost episode, the WCW Kidman um, Hogan trilogy, <laughs> I would like to nominate Vince Russo's non-finishes and the three tropes of Russo for this Can He Do That, Joey? Because holy fucking shit, this was torture, these episodes. This was the best of WCW. Oh, it's so bad. The but feud so to end brilliant. it all. And was this our first trilogy? Uh, no, no, we've done ECW, ECW first. first but our first fun. feuded trilogy. Yeah. Like Kidman Hogan. The three, the baseball bat, the walking backstage, the low blow. How many times did we say that over those three episodes? Now, don't want to spoil some of these awards, but later, a low <laughs> blow in WCW does play as a nomination in one of my awards. <laughs> Later on. I'm struggling a bit. My throat's killing me, so I'm just going to be a bit more more gentle for this one. So Outstanding. <laughs> all right, cool. You got any other nominations for the Can He Do That, Jerry? Well, again, I obviously, because I chose to go for all the podcasts, and similarly, at the events where it could have happened, I also chose our friends in the Vomit Comet, Lance Wright, episode 20 of the World Wrestling Podcast, where we did ECW Hardcore Heaven. Fucking A. Where... I get the impression that Lance Wright does not have a pilot's license to be able to be co-piloting a helicopter, and I don't think he should be allowed to vomit from that angle or anywhere. Mate, the ECW vomcopter was <laughs> banter. That that became a reoccurring yeah. joke for a while as well. We should bring that back. <laughs> Wasn't it Charlotte at WrestleMania came out covered uh, in vomit? <laughs> yeah. And what an entrance it was, La- Lance Wright. I keep trying to say Lance Hoyt, but you know, he's too busy beating up like Gabriel Kidd. <laughs> oh yeah, that was good stuff. <laughs> Use him as a weapon. Yeah, I, I didn't recognise him at first until he said, but he's part of the English indie guys, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, part of LA Dojo, isn't he? Isn't he? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, any moment, as you said, the can he do that, Joey? The, the chap who shouted it out in the first place, timed to perfection. Absolutely. And highlighting, it's like <laughs> Teddy Long. I'm going to make this a tag team match outrageous but that's become again a constant running joke yeah from that one fan shouting that one stupid little moment that we picked up on that we say it all the fucking time yeah. <laughs> like it's oh thank you man i wish we knew who that was to actually be able to give him some sort of love you know joey styles fan guy <laughs> all right moving on so the best super quiz cup moment there are far too many of these i've got four listed straight away okay go for your four uh, they're nearly all you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Super Quiz Cup 2, I have three from that. Uh, you relieving yourself to WrestleMania 2000 on the N64. <laughs> we must have mentioned that 50 times since. And again, me- <laughs> many a happy moment. Thank with, you, Terry uh, Runnels. Terry Runnels and, and Jackie. <laughs> uh, mainly me. Cheers, Sean Stasiak, you buff beast. Uh, Will Power disgusting us all by turning his arm inside out. <laughs> yeah. That was a hell of a moment. I did not expect that sort of level of performance. <laughs> okay. Uh, and um, there's a moment in the Super Quiz Cup 2 that I actually re-listened to recently because we were doing number three and I was like, I better check how I did number two to see it. That I think is one of the most underrated comments of all time where you're talking about uh, relieving yourself to WrestleMania 2000 entrance videos in the N64. And you talk about it being a, a justified wank. <laughs> and then Will Power, out of nowhere, goes... I think I'm facing them on Sunday <laughs> in reference to Justified Mayhem. <laughs> and I, I just, it's one of the funniest moments of my life, I think, because no one saw it coming. And he just, you saw his face turn. He was like, I'm facing them on Sunday. <laughs> like, Outstanding. Brilliant, man. So my, oh, have you got one more? I, I've got my actual pick. Oh. Those are like my favorite nominations. Obviously, I wasn't including Super Quiz Cup 1 at the time because yeah. I was only doing the year. But um, Super Quiz Cup 3, Will Power wrote a song. Obviously. 
Has to be the winner. No. What's your winner? Super Quiz Cup 2, The Drildo. <laughs> I don't know. The Drildo was a bit aggressive for my liking. I remember seeing it being like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> it's nope. humping that dude's face. It was tag team wrestling at its <laughs> very, very best. <coughs> we haven't... <coughs> excuse me. We haven't had very much actual wrestling on the podcast. So that has to be right up there with like, you know, we had professional wrestling on our pod. Well, exactly. <laughs> what a maneuver, if you will. It but, was good times. But I, I think, yeah, willpower, creative genius. He wrote a goddamn song. No, he <laughs> plagiarized a WWE song. <laughs> According to YouTube. Yeah, yeah, fucking A. Oh my God, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, again, the Super Quiz Cups have just been so much fun. I love doing them. I'm a bit gutted you don't get to host one quite yet. Because you've won. I'm I know livid. you're pissed. Yeah, yeah. I picked a match <laughs> as the best match ever of women stripping, and I still won the bloody thing. Your reaction when like uh, Nick picked yours as your favourite, and he was just like, "What's your reasoning?" Tits. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got to say, Nick on the pod uh, for the Super Quiz Cup was fucking hilarious. Yeah, because he did, just didn't have a fucking answer the whole time. <laughs> and there's one point where I'm like, "Name? No, is it name the co- two members of the Colossal Collection?" He just goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't fucking say no to me. Oh, it was fucking hilarious. It was so I, good. I would also like to point out that obviously we do quiz cups for Mania and Wrestle Kingdom. Sure. So it's going to be a bit sooner. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my god, we're dying. We'll just power through. Don't worry, it'll be all right. I thought it's starting to feel a bit better. I think oh, I coughed up a lung, so there we go. Um, but if you are in professional wrestling. And maybe you'd like to please, if you have wrestling knowledge, please come and win the Super Quiz Cup. So you don't have to. You could have just given the wrong answers. You know that, right? Yeah, but I thought by going first <laughs> to give a, a beatable score, then I could have been like, oh, I can't believe he's beaten me. Sure, sure. And then my tag team partner, my close personal friend, Mr. Wicked, had a nightmare on the higher or lower round, as as we've seen at all three Super Quiz Cups. I tell you what, actually, that's the best Super Quiz Cup moment. That last bloody game, the higher or lower, because every single time we've done that, I'd the last Silas team, and Mark Blake on the first yeah. one, they got a run of 18. Yeah. You're like, that's crazy. The last, everyone has had a long run on the last go when they are trying to take the trophy away from me. And the first one, I was really pissed off because I thought they were going to win. Yeah. The second one, I didn't really want to win it, but then, then I really wanted to win it. Sure, and the man. third one, I couldn't, I want to host. <laughs> I have games. I've got questions already written. <laughs> so uh, apologies in advance for Super Quiz Cup 4. I am not going to win. <laughs> you could just host it. We don't have to play by the rules. We could retire the cup as the Tax Williams Cup. No. And we can get it so you can keep it. However, soon <laughs> there will be a brief video because whoever wins the Super Quiz Cup from this point forward... Ooh gets to customise the trophy in one way. This, yeah. And there is a small video, which will be released soon, once everyone's had time to digest the Super Quiz Cup, ah. of what I have done to customise the trophy. Awesome. Good to hear. So this was one of the ideas I thought about for a while. In that I love the idea of like it constantly developing. People adding to it, taking away, scratching into it, whatever it may be. I'm very interested to see what you've done to this now. That you've actually followed through with it. I didn't expect oh, yeah. you to, to be honest. That's oh, yeah. really cool. There are a few... Let's just say I've dipped into wrestling past <laughs> okay. and wrestling present and wrestling future cool. with a few... I've done a few things to the cup. <laughs> Did you shit on it? <laughs> uh, we need to be able to actually get the video on YouTube. 
I don't want to actually have views. Just say it's Nutella, it'll be fine. All right, okay, so <laughs> best bonus pod. Uh, I have to give a uh, honourable mention to Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies that I did with Nick. It's a shame you weren't here for that one because that movie was absolutely hilarious. That's the one was... with Shane Douglas in it, wasn't it? Yeah, it made for good podcasting because it was so terrible. And uh, also Cody Knox, who's the guy that directed it, got in touch with us post pod to ask if we have any questions and such so that was a nice revelation like, i wish i'd got in t- contact with him first maybe got him on the pod a little bit as yeah. well like skyped in or something um but yeah he was very i, I don't think based on the, how glowing you were about the pod mate he was so just like that was amazing i had a great time i really enjoyed listening oh, to brilliant. it and so it was nice that we shot all over his movie that he made and he was still really positive and really nice about it so i have for another bonus pod in the future for a horror one I found one that stars um, Kurt Angle, Matt Morgan, and it was run by Kurt Angle's film company. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's going to be good. <laughs> um, I also got to do a little shout out to this year's Xmas, the bonus, blah, the Christmas bonus pod, uh, Santa's Little Helper. It wasn't like the funniest pod ever because it was quite good at times yeah. in the film. But the stuff with Paige at the end had me in fits of laughter. Like it's horrible, it's brutal. But as long as you can take it with a pinch of salt and the laughter of it, like it yeah. just set you up for pure comedy the whole time. Put me right in the Christmas spirit. Having them like the position be the ho 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 <laughs> and it all be fucking the apprentice shit. Like, oh, it was, it was genius. It was so funny. I always enjoyed the Maddox comments in that one as well. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, that's the, the same thing. <laughs> it's the joy of it. Uh, for me, uh, Super Quiz Cup 2 is my favourite bonus ever. My favourite bonus from a selfish standpoint is when we got invited to go and cover progress at Wembley. Cool. Yeah. We got to have media passes. We got to be in the little media scuffle with TalkSport and all these proper journalists. And there's just us sitting there going... Is that free food over there? <laughs> I remember uh, walking past the guys from uh, Cultaholic. It used to be What Culture or whatever. Yeah. So like, you know, Sam and Jack and all that lot. As I was coming out the loo. And then Jack gave me a high five. And Jack went, oh, did you wash your hands? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> of course I washed my hands. Thinking that I just like slapped my piss all over him or something. I'm like, fucking hell, man. So I think of your website. <laughs> I'm not a fucking Neanderthal, you know, but like. Yeah, it was good times. But that was amazing. One experience to stand backstage at Wembley Place at the Wembley Arena. Yeah. Where we've seen hundreds of bands and stuff over the when years. When we got to walk through the curtain, one that, just to walk down near the aisle. Sure. I enjoyed it so much because obviously Smashing Pumpkins was playing in the background yeah, yeah. as well. And everyone was there filming, recording. I did enjoy, especially the start of that, purely for one of the podcasts doing this. So uh, are we going to talk about numbers? <laughs> With the second we turned up. Yeah. They were just like, so how many subscribers you got? And I'm like, I don't know, 10. <laughs> I did not give a fuck. Yeah. Would you believe it that since... It's amazing what people find important, you know? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was just it was just a great day. Walking around Wembley again with the mics and everything, with the media pass, and no one took us away, trying to engage around the people. The guy in front of us who found it hilarious when I said... They're drawing pins, not thumbtacks. Yeah, the American guys. And he found it hilarious. It was like, drawing, <laughs> drawing pins? <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. Um, being uh, the very last row of Wembley Arena with a bunch of pro wrestling lads was like a novelty for me because obviously I'm not really a pro wrestler. I'm just a fan. And so for us to all be screaming at like RJ and Doug and our favorites yeah. and stuff, I was just like, that was so much banter for me. Like, I remember RJ came out, we're all like singing his king and stuff. They got eliminated. We we're like, you fucking cunt!
nuts. <laughs> just really angry. Ah, it was brilliant, man. It was so funny. And I also enjoyed the outrage of how Doug was retired. Yeah, the crossbody. We were furious. Like, uh, the lot we were with were a little tipsy by that point as well. <laughs> Mr. Conroy was mildly inebriated at the time. And Silas sure. Roth was... I've never seen someone so angry at wrestling before. <laughs> Oh, it was great times. So Iceman King Parsons Style Award. Yes. Next. So this this comes from obviously a show that we did with Iceman King Parsons on. Yeah. Can you describe what he was wearing or his hair or Iceman King Parsons <laughs> uh, is the main reason why if I ever win the lottery I want a hair transplant <laughs> so I can have these what can I be described as two main braided cornrows mm. down the centre with what can I be described as beads and accessories gorgeous man absolutely gorgeous he is on twitter he okay. does not have his dms open which is a shame because i've obviously been as we've spoken off off air i've been approaching people who we like on sure. the pod to see if they'd like to record a ford and one quite notable person has apologized already for not recording it but they are going to get around to doing it so okay. we're going to have a new opener to join mark haggerty thank you again mark for recording and conan Conan, I know you listen. Thank you very much. Sure, yeah, of course he does. <laughs> you and Glenn Gilberti, they love it. <coughs> so, Style Award, Iceman King Parsons. Um, I have three nominations and a pick. Uh, my three nominations are Everything Rinker King, <laughs> seeing Nick Dinsmore come out as Dr. Nick and being able to go, hi, everybody, was like the best thing ever. But like, it's just hilarious. And um, it was just, it was so obviously shit TNA, but in India. Yeah. You know, just hilarious to me. Um, and having Sanjay come out basically like, hang on, we've definitely stereotyped you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, TNO show number one had the flying Elvis impersonators. Yeah. And to be like, why are they dressed as Elvis? This makes no sense. Like the very first match, you know, we'll have all the Elvis guys come out. Yeah, this is great. People you know as Pereiras that aren't Elvis's gimmick, you know. Uh, but also the TNA first show, The Dicks. The Dicks were awesome. People dressed as Dicks. Uh, but my actual uh, award goes to episode number 23, the first TNA show, Ed Ferrara. Oh, Ed Ferrara. What a, I mean, what a top. Black dreads, leather trench coat, shiny leather trousers, gold chain, sunglasses indoors, water cut. <laughs> gold hooped earrings in both ears, peach and pink fluffy 90s porn star shirt. What is that? My next wrestling attire. <laughs> Holy shit. That was spectacular. And I think Ed Ferrara on just appearance alone has it. But similarly, Go on. again, and I went back deeper into the archive through not following the rules. <laughs> and a good one. Shingo, when he comes out in his dragon gear, when he comes oh. out at, um, when he came out for episode 12 for um, Kobe World 2018. Absolutely. But my pick was back from episode three for stardom. Let me take you to near the main event where Chris Wolf came out fully with meat in her mouth just dressed dra draped in meat for the whole thing well edge yeah yeah god so bless you retired. she's awesome i used to love her man she's yeah. that little tour of the uk and i was really gutted we didn't go to see yeah. her but yeah absolutely i can't disagree with that man but um yeah ed ferrara is the worst for sure but also the very best <laughs> <laughs> i mean and also you know Fair play to everyone in CMWL and AAA because oh yeah, the Luchadors always look fantastic. Um, the hamburger from the first AAA show. Yes, and Big Mummy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, too right. Right, um, next up, promo of the year. Well, I have 
everyone on the opening segment of the TNA first pay for you gauntlet for the gold. First thing on my list. <laughs> <laughs> that was my nomination. Every wrestler gauntlet gold bearing the concept of the tournament for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. No one knew what the name of the tournament was. They called it an elimination match. They called it a battle royale. They called it a gauntlet. Jeff Jarrett buried it immediately. It's his fucking company. <laughs> Scott Hall buried it. Uh, the t- the uh, Ken NWA- Shamrock buried it. Ken Shamrock, the NWA legends buried it. <laughs> like Ricky Steamboat. Like the commentary buried it throughout the night as well. And like, this is your first ever show. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? And I can't believe that no other promotion's ever gone with Gauntlet for the Gold ever since. Oh, it was What's so... What's OWE doing? <laughs> it was so bad. It was perfect. I loved it. There was endless promos that were all shit. All burying the same thing, which is the most important thing they had on the whole show. Nothing genuinely. I mean, I know we've seen some excellent awkward promos, especially like um, when we had the <laughs> AWA show where we had the, uh, the Glow Girls there. That was quite a bad promo. AWA one, I don't remember. Where we had, so, so I think it was when Ivory was doing the promo and the guy just basically kept looking at her tits and looking oh. at her ass and the trousers. But nothing beats burying your title on your first show as promo. God. I have a few others uh, that I need to mention. This is one that I was just like, oh, I've got so many things. I had to cut it down a little bit. Uh, again, episode 23, the first TNA show. <laughs> I've got a lot from this. Uh, where there's uh, the, the, what's the, the small guy? Uh, there's a midget and a hooker basically that are giving a promo hang on we're not talking about Santa's <laughs> little helper again <laughs> and he goes oh it's a thing the psycho dwarf is it puppet the psycho puppet dwarf? the psycho dwarf he does the promo where he goes up first up are the midgets and then immediately AJ Styles Loki and Jerry Lynn make their entrance <laughs> remember that <laughs> oh god I've popped so hard um, uh, episode number 29 OWE phase 6 Torino <laughs> the sheriff is a <laughs> oh Michael we, we Nee can't say obviously um, after everything Bobby Heenan yeah that we did one or two shows that had Bobby Heenan on and oh my god he is a wealth of hilarity over and over everything he says is genius and just what he gets out of Gorilla Monster what what yeah it's so amazing the last show we did where he was making comments about the Samoans. He's like, he has to get through the ice cream to get to the stick. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, girl, can't say that. Oh, it was so good. I wonder, in all seriousness, though, because obviously some of the heenanisms mm. we laugh at and they're funny because we all, no one seems to say a bad word about Bobby Heenan. Sure. If he was still around today. Oh, he'd be screwed. Imagine if he dropped some of those lines on NWA power. He yeah. would have been fired straight away. Sure. Um, I mean, in fairness, had we done any NWA and Cornette saying that Trevor Murdoch running with a bucket of chicken for a country, I mean, that probably would have made it onto the promos. Uh, it would have been 97 or whenever these shows were. Definitely it would have. Yeah. Probably pre-90. When was that Raw show? Was it 90-something? Oh, I think it was 93. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, they definitely would have got away with those comments then. Um, I like to think of Bobby Heenan as like... Like a stand-up, you know? He can say absolutely yeah. fucked up things. It's kind of okay. He doesn't really mean it. Considering even yeah. now that we have the joke of uh, the flying burrito. Purely yeah, sure. Eden. Tito Santana for the win, you know? Um, in terms of actual good promos, okay? Uh, episode four, 47, WF Raw, 7th of June, 1999. Uh, it's me, Austin. It was, it was me, me all along. along. Austin is perfection. 
Yeah. Vince. And also, we, then we've got to throw in, just even though it's not really a promo, it's just a definite line. Just like, Where to, Stephanie? Yeah. Definitely. All these iconic sound bites. Yeah. It's, it's our childhood wrapped up yeah. in three episodes, that Ministry of Darkness stuff. It Which really also, is. again, made me realise we don't want to watch too much of the Attitude Era in case Ooh. it ruins it for us. That was kind of surprising how bad it was. Yeah. Like, WF stuff was... Yeah, there's moments where you see like Rock and Austin absolutely flying. You see guys developing like Triple H and stuff. Um, some of the storytelling is oh, that's pretty dark. But um, as I said, let me take you back to Armageddon, 1999. Four Hall of Famers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would say storytelling was bad during the Attitude Era? Well, I, I did it for the Rock. WF was bad, but WCW it's dross. Right. 992000 WCW. That is, that's, mm, yeah, Bad that's not times. great. Not great at all. Um, got any nominations here? Promo of the year? That was purely uh, TNA. Perfect. No, nothing can beat it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd go with that. TNA, everyone burying their own tournament on the first show ever. Yeah. Just genius. Uh, best use of copyrighted music. I have one nomination here. I have only one nomination here. Uh, is it a country by any chance? Because um, <laughs> mine is. Nope. I mean, my nomination uh, is just Mexico. <laughs> my nomination is Will Power for copyrighted music on WWE on the Super Quiz Cup three. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do you, do, you like, do you understand what actually happened there? Oh yeah, I do. But so it's, it, the it joke is much more fun. Yeah, all right, so the copyright strike wasn't actually for the audio. They just no. gave us an audio copyright strike when they meant to do a visual one. Yeah. Dicks. The but, lot of <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, we got a copyright strike because Will Power used it, a WWE song. Fucking hell, I'll go with that. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, unexpected great show. Well, this one for me was Defiant. Okay. From uh, from my enjoyment of not watching it, but doing the podcast In with, terms of with a, your dad. The pod was un- un- unexpectedly enjoyable. Yeah, and okay. my other nomination was a Crockett Cup. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't really enjoy that show. It was a bit me. I, I enjoyed it. I like the old school nature. And again, I still enjoy watching NWA Power. I think it's it's cool. right up my street. And because I hadn't watched any of the NWA since Corkin had bought it, it was really nice seeing sort of Alison Kay in there. Great to see her. Mighty Skull. Yeah, sure. And, you know, obviously he's dipping his toe back in to keep people guessing. <laughs> he's very smart. Very smart. He's not a silly boy. It's interesting to see what's going to happen there. Rumble? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? I would assume he'd be AEW. Yeah, but he's probably watched the last two months worth of AEW and gone, maybe I'll just take the money and work for a terrible company who can't tell stories rather than one who doesn't have that much money. I think we need to give him time. But I do agree with you. We talked a bit this about this bit before the pod. Like, God, it's a bit bit of a slog at the moment. Yeah, they're just establishing characters. Yeah, not in the best way, though. Give me more Dark Order. Yeah. That's all I say. Give me more Dark Order. I feel like I feel that... You know, there's meant to be this higher power for the Dark Order or whatever. And let it be Murder Clown. <laughs> it does feel like it's going to be Marty. I think it's going to be Hangman. I think Paige is going to join. Can Paige pull that off? No, Paige can't do fuck all. Paige is an yeah. excellent wrestler, but they've already realised in the first few months the case of he's going to be a heavyweight champ. Ooh. Which booked, is a shame because... If they booked him properly, he could have been, but they haven't. No. His, his talent, Adam Page, is one of the best they've got yeah but now they're just doing they're ribbing him with the little like ribbons at the bottom of the screen with, like little one-liners to mock him they've turned one of their potential biggest stars into a joke yeah in a very short time it's, it's genuinely kind of upsetting yeah ruined like, it i know people are having fun with it and stuff but it's like um he could be 
like a Ric Flair. He could be... Uh, yeah. I think another example of this, so if you're looking for a bit close to home, if you watch things like NXT UK and others who we met at the um, at Progress, who yep. does podcasting, yep. he mentioned the other day how he finds it ridiculous how someone like Killer Kelly in NXT UK, she's phenomenal, but they just bury her in six minutes and sh- that's it. And now everyone just perceives her as a jobber. Yeah. And what's going to happen now with Hangman Page on the TNT audience, if they've been away from wrestling and they've come back, but they don't watch Being the Elite, they'll just see this guy and just go, who's this joke? Yeah, sure. It's it's like they've got all the potential in the world and they've kind of fucked it up straight away. I wouldn't say they fucked it up straight away. I think having such a big gap till their next pay-per-view has hindered their storytelling because they're like in a holding pattern before they yeah. go... MJF and Cody before they go Moxley and Jericho. Yeah. And because they've essentially killed their top three talents in the Bucks and Omega. And again, don't get me wrong. I I think the Young Bucks are doing exactly what I'd expect them to do on episodic TV. They're very, very good athletes, but they can't tell stories for shit. See, and I so, completely disagree with you. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> so, so far on AEW then, how many good stories have they told? Uh, the, what, with what they've been given, they've told very good stories. They're VPs! <laughs> what they've been given, we've picked shit for ourselves. Yeah, but at the same time, when TNA were having Russo and Bischoff and stuff, there's always Dixie at the top. Yeah. There's always Tony Khan at the top. Tony Khan makes the Oh, answers. hang on. Are you blaming Tony Khan for the Bucks having terrible stories? Yes. Wow. 100%. I mean, I did see Tony Khan on a fan video do a stunner. And I think the fan in Tony Khan is getting a little bit too ahead of himself, maybe. If I'm Tony Khan, I book the Bucks to be the very best thing. They win everything. They never lose. Because they're the young Bucks. And then you have people chase them. It's really fucking simple. Well, no, they're great t-shirt sellers. <laughs> thing is, they're like you watch their matches in New Japan, you watch, his, watch their matches that they've had... They try and work angles. Like Matt, Matt's back, for example. Yeah. Like he sells that back like it's death. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can have them in solid things. I think, honestly, you're probably best off just splitting them up right now and taking them out of the tag division completely. Oh, really? I think Nick Jackson specifically is an incredible singles wrestler. See, interestingly, because I remember when we were having this discussion a year ago. Yeah. Because uh, obviously today marks the one year anniversary since AEW's big announcement rally press conference in Jacksonville. Mm. We, I, I asked the question, would you ever see them splitting up the Bucks? And at the time, obviously, because the value of their name as a tag team was so high and the fact that AEW are pushing the tag teams. Sure. But the fact that now you're even saying because they've done such a bad job to start with, it's better to have them go as individuals for now, which they've not done before. Yeah. That's, that's a dangerous move. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's just the situation they put themselves into. I think they have to do something different. I think they can rescue this very easily. You can push them to the moon now and people will be like, yeah, okay, cool. I think the problem they've got in AEW, while they're basing it around tag teams, they don't have many... They've got the Lucha Bros, which is great, and they've got the Bucks, who are very popular. But outside of that, I mean, Scorpio Sky is going to be a huge star. If they book him right. Yeah. But outside of that, they're making the Dark Order... They made the Dark Order start with Super Smash Bros. look a bit of a joke, but yeah. at least they're trying to give it a cult. But then they brought in the builder, the baker, the candlestick maker, and now it's a case of, right, well, so we've got another cult. They've got a serious problem where they've got five or six people with the same fucking gimmick. Yeah. It's really dumb. <laughs> like, groups of people with the same fucking gimmick. 
I was thinking about this the other day. Like, this is not the AW podcast. We'll probably come from this in a moment. But this is, I realize what I think my problem is with AW. Okay. Jericho gets the belt and holds it for a long time. Perfectly fine. Perfect. Top yep. guy. Good heel. Solid stable around him. They've done a really good job with that. I mean, look at the okay. interest in Hager. Yeah. He's never been so relevant. And he's not done anything, which is so good. Perfect. Great booking. Yeah. Okay. Who's chasing the belt? Moxley. Is he? Have they really had that much interaction? Have they wrestled at all? Well, that's that's avoiding them because when we get to will he join the inner circle, okay. then you get to the pay-per-view. You've got one person that's starting to chase the belt. Why isn't Kenny? Why isn't Hangman? Why Kenny's, isn't Puck? Kenny's too busy doing an absolute balls-ass job of booking the women's division. Um, some some of it's very bad. If some you want to hear our really opinions well. of Rio, go back yeah. to listen to episode three, our Stardom podcast, because <laughs> she was on that. Cool. But you know what I mean? It's like, we're talking wins and losses matter. It's going to be more like a sport. Well, they should all want the fucking belt then. It should be that simple. You know? And there's lots of, oh no, let's put this guy over. Oh, let's create this little story here for a week. And nothing comes of it, you know? It's like, they should be basing this like New Japan based their product. Everyone wants the belt. Yeah, they're all chasing the belt. They're doing what they can to get to that belt. If they lose and lose and stuff, they like get down on themselves and they try and work their way back into that position to and get you the get fucking a balloon. belt. It worked for Carter, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know that that dismay of being like down in the dumps and stuff yeah. is what they're trying with Paige. But it's like you're three months in. Yeah, G- give it a year. <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, so um, so unexpected great show uh, for me, uh, Rinka King. Episode 28 was one of my... I never thought... I thought that would be horrifically bad. And it was so bad that it was genuinely hilarious. Like, utter madness. I love Rinker King. Like, I love comedy more than anything. Did you ever watch any more Rinker King? Did you go back and watch the entire 12 episodes? I watched a lot of it, yeah. I watched loads, thinking that we could do it in the future and could I find something that was as good. But nothing compares to that first show because of all the spectacular bollocks that surrounds it. No, but it just... It gets better and better to crown... Who would have thought they'd crown the Indian guys champion at the end of the first series? Of course, man. And the fact that they didn't keep it going. Like I was listening to... Um, oh, my God. Something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. Um, talking about how TNA saw Rinka King as like their saviour. Uh, Think of the money TNA. it's going to bring in. Yeah. <laughs> One series and done and dusted. And then they brought in... Was it um, Malabani oh. Sarah? Yeah, sure. Into TNA. And he did... He, you know... He set the earth on fire. But in <laughs> fairness, to Impact, yeah. they've done well. Yeah, they've yeah. downsized. They've they're basically they've taken Ring of Honor's spot. Pretty I'd much. Say. Yeah. I interestingly thought because um, Ring of Honor weekly show is free on Fight. Oh, so is I it? Thought, okay. So I thought cool. I'd give that a try. Pretty good. Really? I mean, it's nice to see Haskins on there. Mate, I look at their roster and I'm like, damn, they've got a lot of talent. And then I yeah. try and watch some of the wrestling and I'm like, yeah, there's some better stuff out there, isn't there? Please, AEW or WWE, sign Dalton Castle. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Give me... He will be eventually. Give me Dalton Castle and then give <laughs> me... Just give me him and his seafarer gimmick if you don't want to sign Dalton Castle. Yeah, Ashley Remington. I would fan. like to have Ashley Remington and Dalton Castle and Bray Wyatt <laughs> and The Fiend and The Muscle Man all in the Rumble because then it just takes up a sixth of it. Job That'd done. Be really With two wrestlers. Think of the money they'll save. <laughs> so, uh, best reoccurring character. 
So I've got two here. Uh, the first one, which was an early reoccurring character for us, was Ryan Shamrock <laughs> would not get off the podcast. It felt like every show we did, we never picked one to have her on it, but she was always, always on there. It. But um, there's only one that has to win here. Does his name sound like, is it spelled J-E-F-F? J-A-R-R-E-T. Of course it was. There's a, a time from about episode 20 odd through to about episode 35 or 6 where every single goddamn podcast <laughs> we did, Jeff Jarrett featured on, whether it was AAA, TNA, AWA, everything. He was on every single show we ever did, I swear. And let that be a lesson to people who slate Jeff Jarrett. He made a lot of money yeah. by being very mediocre. I mean... How many great Jeff Jarrett matches have you seen? The one in AWA. The one in AWA where he was really, really good. And then... Oh, and the three... And the David Arquette, the Rumble, the Triple Cage. Come on. That's not great. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) He's just got moments of so bad it's hilarious. I also enjoyed him being hammered at Triple Mania. Yeah. And throwing nachos into the crowd. I think that was sad for him, but for us, it was great entertainment. Uh, I love AAA. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. So we agree on that one. Yep. Best recurring character has to be Jeff Jarrett. Honorable mention to Jerry Lawler. Sure. We do mention him quite a lot (laughs) for one purpose. (laughs) Uh, Biggest failure? My wrestling career. (laughs) No, (laughs) dude. You've had a hell of a couple of years. I have. Yeah. But I'm um, obviously technically I thought I could throw that in there because you know I appear on the pod and the biggest <laughs> failure, OWE. <laughs> That's just on my list. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I not go, oh, just to specify this, but OWE UK and their broadcaster company. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, um, I was lined up to do commentary for OWE in the UK until the promoter ran off with all of the money and thought it was okay to run for all the money because the Chinese owed him money. And then blame everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And then sold nothing else on TV. Sure. Which is now back, I believe. Who cares? In some capacity. His last been seen in Edinburgh. So maybe you could all have a nice little... I tell you what, in Edinburgh, why can't we put a little pod together which has <laughs> Sean McMahon, Daniel Edler, Rory Gulak... Bloody hell, yeah. Um... Mark Young, who David Starr's gone and attacked this week for not paying people in IPW, and now obviously he's buggered off. Right. Um, let's put Fucking all hell. let's put all of them in a room. What's wrong with these people? Why is Britress infested with these fucking twats? Oh, well, let's put Strangler Davis in there as well. Oh, yeah, sure. Another one. God damn it! There's so many. The, that that I think is the biggest failure of yeah. of the year. Wrestling promoters. Oh, go. and also Five Star Wrestling. <laughs> that was on there for my list as well. <laughs> Uh, so I've got uh, episode number 44, Matt Stryker's commentary for Triple Mania 27. <laughs> Jesus. I remember really enjoying that show, but wanting to tear my fucking ears off because his commentary was that bad. Uh, episode 37, Super Showdown, Goldberg and Taker. <laughs> Has to be right up there. One of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. But there's only one winner here. It's episode 35, Star Belfast. <laughs> yep. Talk about failure. Mate, I've got a quote for my next bit for moment of the year which I'll just throw in here fuck it five star Belfast this is the kind of thing you see your nan shit herself <laughs> sums it up really uh, there's the other bit where I'm talking about um, the attendance and how they're in 11,000 seat arena 150 people turn up and uh, you go oh they sold 10% of the 11,000 capacity I'm like no 1% <laughs> I like oh maths pretty much sums up how much of a failure that show was it was such a disaster man I, I was very disappointed because considering they got TV, I, I, I did enjoy some of the other 
mid-tier wrestling promotions getting shitty that they got the TV over them. Like PCW, Stephen Flood had a meltdown because they were negotiating with Free Sports to get on there and then Five Star went in and took the deal. Right. Um, and obviously now Five Star are back on TV on, on the Fight Network on Friday nights at midnight. So Fair enough. Well done to them for getting on there. Okay. Uh, Stephen Flood had his first wrestling match to win back control of the company at the tail end of last year. There's nothing more... <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing more impressive and please note anyone who th- this is tongue in cheek by the way I just want to clarify that before I continue there's nothing worse than a promoter booking themselves in wrestling matches <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, any other nominations for biggest failures um, OWE and my career amazingly they're hand yeah. in hand uh, it's not all your fault your career but it's just you can't help what happens to injuries and such I, I was so excited in, in a selfish standpoint, to be able to go and do commentary at the Dome. Yeah. Going through the whole thing of, you're going to do the commentary, but we can't confirm it just yet because they were too busy negotiating with, behind my back with Dave Bradshaw, yeah. who would have done a stellar job as well, because Dave Bradshaw's an excellent commentator, would have done a really good job. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that whole thing just summed up how much, in general, whilst we now have a very good scene in the UK how much I also, I loathe British wrestling. I love British wrestling and I loathe British wrestling because for every really good high point, a really good promotion like OTT, like SEPW, you get a bunch of absolute cunts yeah, who sure. ruin it for the talent, that ruin it for the boys and girls who are wrestling. And more importantly, not saying that their value is any worse, but the wrestlers were then able to go and fill their bookings elsewhere and hopefully make some money for the best part of it. The fans who still need money, IPW still haven't given people their DVDs or their merch, just kept all their money. The wrestlers who worked for IPW didn't get their money. The people who bought tickets for shows, fucking Edler, when he launched Spotlight, people never got their money back for that because unsurprisingly, all the wrestlers went, hang on, that's run by Edler. Definitely not going to perform at that show. Of course, yeah. British wrestling is... Scumbags. Is the most disappointing moment of... But then you say that, but then there's some of the best moments come from British wrestling as well. I like think about the most progress SCBW, as you say. Yeah. We've had some amazing times, you know? But I think the problem is... You can't throw a whole of British wrestling under the bus. But it, it tarnishes it, because that's the view it gets. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in a more positive way, moments of the year. In a totally selfish aspect, uh, my super fan experience on the ESPN radio with SoCal Val was uh, genuinely hilarious. Them going to me, what's your favourite wrestler? And me going, not not people you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, and becoming mates of SoCal Val. That was wow. good for you. Yeah, sure, that lasted. <laughs> Don't worry, it sounds like a bad breakup. Yeah, that relationship lasted. <laughs> um, no, it was it was genuinely just like, <sighs> how to describe it? It's like they thought I was something I wasn't. Yeah. And so, like, tongue-in-cheek I really like stuff. John Cena, and I love to sit in my bedroom and watch WrestleMania 2000 and whack one out to wrestling. Sure. And then they cut I out like the I like Zack Sabre Jr. They cut out the couple of bits where I was taking the piss out of them deliberately. Yeah. And I was like, oh, those are the funny bits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so there's definitely that. Um, you retaining the Super Quiz Cup twice and winning it the first time. I also want to put that back amazing. in the, the previous category. <laughs> um... <coughs> excuse me um yeah yeah obviously the whole the belfast thing in terms of moments on the pod yeah the funniest bit for me ever is you saying this is that kind of thing like seeing your nan shit herself <laughs> I, I, i've never laughed so hard in my life you compared a wrestling show to seeing their nan shit themselves 
That's, that's out there, dude. I'm yeah. a wordsmith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mo- moments for me um, through doing the podcast, I had an absolute blast. We got to call a Chris Daniels match. Yeah, we actually w. got to commentate on it. Fucking that, hell. Yeah, I should have said that. That was my. I know obviously we didn't cover it for the pod, but we've covered some OWE for the pod. Yeah, sure. We got to do the commentary for the Dragon Legend title. So at a time, a promotion which a year ago, everyone was promoting OWE to being the next big thing to be involved in AEW. Yeah. We got to call their first ever champion. Well done, General Juan. Shame you dropped the belt yeah. at the tail end of last year. That was a privilege, man. I absolutely adored doing that. But yeah, moments for me, it's just seeing the creativity of all the Super Quiz Cups, the fact that everyone comes and they enjoy it. And still a moment for me is that people listen. People listen to podcasts. I know it's a bit indulgent, but... <laughs> it's quite general. <laughs> but, but but every week we get people listening sure. to us ramble yeah. on about wrestling and the fact I get to escape my sometimes quite trying life in my career and... <laughs> parenting and whatnot to be able to sit down for a couple of hours and talk about shit sure yeah, yeah. however anything murder clown <laughs> yeah um murder clown following us on twitter yeah i remember because it happened in a week that we took off yeah because uh, it was your missus going for surgery yeah and so i remember going to my phone and seeing oh we've got like 13 like mentions or whatever on Twitter and being like, oh, it's just people liking posts and stuff like always and just closing my my feed down. And then it was like two days later, I was on my browser looking at our Twitter feed and going, why have lots of Mexican people liked a post of ours? I realized it wasn't our post that they were hitting like the like button on. It was the murder clown post of him retweeting us. And I yep. was like, holy <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> murder clown finally retweeted us after me pestering him for like two years on Twitter. Being like, have you got any merchandise? Can I have a mask, please? And him just ignoring it because he obviously doesn't speak English. Yeah. And then just to scroll down the timeline a little bit further and see El Murder El Grande has followed yeah. you on Twitter. And I was like, holy shit. Life complete, man. Yeah, I, I, and in fairness as well, I think from from a pod standpoint, I like the fact that a lot of the Chinese wrestlers when we were doing OW followed our pods, sure. followed our Twitters, etc. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, we get the same thing with uh, whenever we do a Mexican show, we get more Mexican people following, uh, or Spanish speaking people, I should say. Uh, when we did the uh, Indian shows, we got a couple of Indian people that followed us, yeah. which was like, I think maybe they picked it up from there. I don't know. Maybe they just like the other shows. Uh, but it was definitely, there's an influx of whenever we do something really outside of the realms of our most of our listeners, yeah. that we pick up kind of randoms here and there. And I really love seeing that, that we get, I don't know, different people listening and opinions and such. It's, it's nice cool. when looking at the stats from around the world where people are listening. Yeah, sure. That's always fun. It was always fun doing it in bands. We suddenly go... Why are people in Argentina listening to pop punk? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, right, match of the year. There is literally only one match that can win this category. Okay. Before, F- wait, wait, before you jump in, let's do some nominations and such. Okay. okay. So in terms of serious, okay, remember I only did the last year. So uh, Night of Jericho, Wrestle Kingdom 13 is an incredible, yeah. incredibly fun match, but not my favourite. Uh, Okada Sonata from episode 35, uh, New Japan Cup, Cup. 2019. Yep. Oh my God. Like in terms of wrestling matches we actually covered, that's probably the actual best match. That's the one where I was saying that Sonata would be in the main event for Wrestle Kingdom. Sure. How wrong I was. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Well, there's some interesting stuff going on there. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, um, there's two others that I'm like honourable mentions. Uh, GCW's Joey Janela Spring Break. Nope. That is the winner. 
Is that the winner? That's the okay, winner. We'll talk about Hands down. Episode. Okay, so the other one is uh, episode 31, WrestleMania 35, was it this year? Yeah. Daniel Bryan Kofi. Yeah. I remember just fawning over that match and being like, oh my God, they put on a perfect match and did fuck all. Yeah. You know, they did nothing. And Daniel Bryan hey, just hey, like- Hang on, sorry. Are you talking about the match or Kofi's title <laughs> run? <laughs> I, I, I loved that whole build up to that and that just yeah. goes to show for the first time in a very long time probably since Daniel Bryan at 30 WWE listened Yeah, they're like oh Kofi's getting quite popular oh well Mustafa Ali's injured mm, well, well, we'll push him can you imagine how wrestling would have been different had it been Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan at Wrestlemania rather than Kofi yeah yeah it wouldn't have worked anywhere near as well it would have been good and maybe Mustafa Ali would be more of a superstar right now yeah but like, if there's anyone you can rely on to get someone over, it's Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan. My God, it was you could just see that it was it was his match. It's Kofi's great. He's a really really good wrestler. He's got the ability to not fuck up and tell a good story. Daniel Bryan made Eric Rowan relevant. Oh, my God, he's good. It's fucking amazing. And what a lovely eco-friendly belt he had. Yeah, sure. One of the guys who is the referee at SCPW, Steve says, I went and bought one of those when he was oh, at Mania. Really? Yeah, yeah cool, good lad. Awesome. Um, so we'll get into what I think is your favorite pick in a second. It will be interesting to see if we pick the same match. Uh, but for me, my favorite match, I, I went back through all the cards of all the shows we did. Well, like, which one of these matches did I enjoy the most? Not like the best wrestling or the best story. Which one did I enjoy? Which one did I laugh? Which one did I whatever? Tex Williams versus Conroy. <laughs> <laughs> the Gay Summit match. Oh, yes. Episode 27 to the DDT April Fool's 2018. Colt Cabana, Ethan Page, and Joey Ryan versus Danshuko Dino, Makoto Oishi, and Super Sasandango. Specifically for one moment. When Dino is sitting on the, sitting on the top rope, and I think it's Oishi is thrown into him and they're both upside down with their asses hanging out. And Dino turns to the camera and goes, Japanese samurai, let's go. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy fucking shit. I just... Dino's fantastic. Perfection. Absolutely brilliant. The comedy timing of it. Just, oh, it's, yeah, there you go. That's, that's my match of the year that we covered. The one that we covered for me, match of the year, episode 41, where we covered Joey Janela's Spring Break 3, the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. <laughs> yeah, it's right up there. Refereed by our good friend, Bryce Rensberg. Bryce Rensberg's just the best. Putting on the glasses so he could see Invisible Man, Invisible Stan. The dive off the balcony where everyone fell down. Murder Clan was there to catch them. It's, it's a person doing refereeing for a match and there's a, a, an arena of like 100 odd people and everyone watching at home knowing exactly what those two wrestlers are doing yeah even though they're not there the paper cuts <laughs> and Bryce's reactions to the paper cuts of the invisible man invisible stan it's astonishing it's it's one of the most genius performances of all time it's, it's nothing compares to it no this was purely the best it had everything mm. high flying it had tables, so it had violence. It was a fucking great match. It had it me on the exist. edge of my seat. <laughs> oh, <no. coughs> it's it's like someone doing an E-Fed match. Yes. In front of you. Yeah. And it's perfect. I loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. I think perfect cool. sums up well. That is my match of the year. Sure, it has to be. So, uh, last two categories we've got here. Uh, I figure for the last one, we'll do some nominations and maybe we'll put up a Twitter poll. Yeah. So we can come to a occlusion of four people and see yeah. if we can do a Twitter poll, okay? But uh, we've got one more. Worst match of the year. Match you least enjoyed that we covered on the podcast. I have two. I have two as well. 
Okay. My and, t- and a generalization. Okay. My two are from episode 53, okay. WWE Crown Jewel 2019, Brock Lesnar versus Kane Velasquez. Okay, yeah, that was... Kane Velasquez, already injured, shouldn't be in a WWE ring, signed to a three-year contract because they've signed to Fox. Well, well done. Oh, that was bad. But... Really bad, yeah. Topping that, in my opinion, but only just, let me take you back to episode 34. Not on my list, WCW Nitro, 10th of April 2000. The Reset. (laughs) Now, I could have picked many matches from this WCW show, but I picked the one of the very best. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, my note is everything WCW Russo. Well, yeah. I wrote the opening match of the card, 12 yeah. hours into it, um, yeah. a semi-final match to crown the new WCW champion between Lex Luger and DDP that ran for four minutes and finished where Luger got pinned after no selling a fuck you Vince Russo low blow. He got low blowed, didn't sell it, then just fell over and DDP pinned him after four minutes and into your finals for the WCW title. DDP. That that whole run of WCW was some of the most embarrassing stuff I've ever seen. It was awful. Flair jobbing out in under four minutes to like the likes of Shane Douglas and stuff. Yeah, it's like um no, <laughs> just no sting jobbing out in under four minutes and stuff and the whole time they didn't even put billy kimball over fuck vince russo terrible so um sorry vic venom so my one nomination is episode 36 wcw slambury 2000 hogan versus kidman (laughs) where they didn't put him over what waste it's an absolute lie everyone's like oh yeah hogan put kidman over no he never did watch it he never put him over no um um uh you've forgotten one I guarantee you'll be like, oh, that was the worst. Episode 41, Jerry Gillan's Spring Break. Oh, fucking hell. The death match between Jimmy Lloyd and Masashi Takeda. Seeing scissors going to someone's thorax is something I never want to see ever again in my life. But the problem is that you suggested a worst match. <laughs> you don't consider it a match. <laughs> I don't acknowledge this as anything in wrestling. This was just stupid. Yeah, that was one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. It was terrible. They started the match by hitting themselves over the head with light tubes. Clever boys. It's like, this is just performance art in a dumb way now. This is not pro wrestling anymore. No, the best form of performance art is still pairs, uh, still life without <laughs> <laughs> <some> pairs. <laughs> he has a storyline sure, sure. for progression of his performance art. Yeah. I know I, I respect the wrestlers who do death matches because it is such a toil on their bodies to be sure. able to do this to entertain people. But scissors lighting tubes it seemed to have no logic to no. it in any way not like, at all i'm all up for something being different i'm all up for something being weird like you want to do crazy deathmatch stuff great but tell a story yeah do something this was for purely shock value yeah it was literally just people hurting themselves yeah. no um, just it wasn't like, for me i'm not a fan of self-harm no <laughs> just doesn't do anything for me not for me at all no okay right good so basically, WCW. That's <laughs> what we've come WCW. down to. WCW. Yeah. Also the Deathmatch. So, Hall of Fame. Okay, I think there's probably a few we immediately agree on. Okay. But I think we need to get it down to one. Okay. Okay, so I wonder whether we can agree on one or whether we do have to put it up for a poll. I think it'd be interesting to put it up for a poll because I've put two down. Okay. One for impact on the pod and i put one down for impact on all the podcasts we've covered and professional wrestling in general. Okay, what are your two? So, 
For my impact on all of our podcasts, for our on-running joke, featuring in different episodes, and also paying his dues in killing the business, Terry Balea, Hulk Hogan. Wow, you want to put Hogan in our Hall of Fame. Fuck you. So, well, no. <laughs> for his contribution to burying young talent. Yeah, sure. And for one of the best lines on the pod ever of... A black child sat on Hogan's lap and he is terrified. <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> so, purely for that. And in all seriousness... What episode was that? Santa... Uh, that was uh, little... Santa with Muscles. Santa with Muscles, yeah. yeah. Go check that out. That episode our, was very funny. Our 2018 Christmas pod. This is us ripping on Hogan for like 90 minutes. It's it great. was outstanding. <laughs> um, and my other one, for, again, assistance to our pod, yeah. appearing on our pod... Um, I'm going to put Mr. Wicked in there because he trained us for episode 50, one of our most watched episodes. Cool. He's been on the pod. He's been on every single Super Quiz Cup. Okay. Um, and also for what he does for British wrestling. Cool. Okay. So you've got like one one dumb one and one serious one. Yeah. You know, how dumb is Mr. Wicked? <laughs> <laughs> Joking. <laughs> Throw you under the bus with there, mate. Okay. I've got three purely because they're, they're, they're what define our pod to me. Yep. Murder Clown. Obviously. Jeff Jarrett. Yep. The can he do that Joey guy? <laughs> They're my three. So we need to get rid of one. Can he do it? Can he do that Joey guy? We're getting rid of him. Yeah. I, because he's, he's we, not... We use it on every pod. Yeah, but he's it's just a promo. And it's the greatest promo of all time. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So we're getting it down to Coach Wicked, Hulk Hogan, Murder Clown, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, but if, if Coach I feel Wicked... really sorry for Murder Clown, <laughs> Hogan, and Coach Wicked being in the same category. Just what it takes is is Matt Coach Wicked to retweet it, and he's going to win. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is not fair. And in exchange, he will then get the Super Quiz Cup. <laughs> That's not how it works. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to put a Twitter poll up, okay, to decide this: who goes in the World of Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame? All right. Should I do it right now? No, because people won't listen to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. We'll do it. We'll do it uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Okay, we'll put it up. So we're going to put this up. Um, what's the date tomorrow? So Thursday, the 9th of January. Yes. Uh, we'll put it up for a week. Yep. Uh, oh well, six days. But yeah, so, so, we, can so we can announce it on when next week's next podcast. Pod. Yeah, cool, yep. awesome. So uh, yeah, World of Rest Pod on Twitter. Please uh, go vote in that. Even if you don't follow us and you listen to the pod, just just go give it a vote. We want to actually get some numbers under this and see. We, who means the most to you on the pod? Yeah. Matt, that's Miss Coach Wicked that's only been on like three pods. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, well, no, 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 no. Or not the Joey guy who's been on every single pod <laughs> we've ever done. Well, hang on. He's the guy who taught you how to do a short arm clothesline. I love him. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's <laughs> fine. He's in. He's in. All right. Cool. Awesome. So there we go. There are awards, end of year roundup nonsense. Yeah. Bit of AEW in there. Bit of WCW bashing. Sure. Bit of Brit Rest bashing. I wonder why I never get booked. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, you just, just summed up our podcast, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait till we do some of the early WCW on some of our, our schedule. That we've, we've got, got a really good schedule lined up. We'll, we'll go over it in a second. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna, I might as well tell people everything that's coming up. Yeah, it's kind of cool to do. Um, do you want to talk Wrestle Kingdom? How long we got? What time did we start? It's nearly half six now already. We've got like 10 minutes to go for a bit of Wrestle Kingdom, right. I think. How much do you watch? What have you watched? I've watched so the main events. I haven't watched any of the undercard. Um, I started on night one watching Lance Archer and Moxley beat the shit out of each other. Cool. For In the Texas death match for the United States title. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, sure. As we mentioned earlier, having sort of, uh, Gabriel Kidd being launched as a weapon 
Ooh. Well done to the young boys. Um, I watched Abushi and Akada cool. on the first night. Did you watch JY and um, Naito? I did not. Okay. But I obviously I know the, the ramifications was whoever won would get to go to the main event next night as double champ. Sure, sure, yeah. It's I had a realisation, like literally the moment before I started watching the first day. I was like... I've got to watch 12 hours of wrestling today. Well, no. It was uh, Naito is the guy that months ago was the first guy to be like, I'm going to win both belts. Ah, oh, like, okay. Okay, I'm going to back Naito. Like, I was just like, I, I just saw it. Because he, he lost those three or four years in a row leading yeah. up to this. He was like, you know the conversation was, right, here's what you do. You put over Okada, you put over JY, you put over whoever leading into these, you put over Jericho and yeah. all this sort of stuff. But we'll make you the first guy who's ever the du- double crown champion is what I'm starting to refer to it as. Yeah. I also yeah. enjoyed referring to it as Naito 1 and Naito 2. <laughs> Lovely. Very nice. Um... My God, the story they told going into that main event was fucking incredible. Are we talking Bushi, Ibushi um, and Okada or are we talking about all um, of it. Naito and Okada? All of it, really, is what it comes down to. Like In terms of like uh, the first night... Naito won. Uh, Naito won. Uh, the Jushin Liger six-man stuff had me in fits of laughter and tears at the same time because you you hear that music, the do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do, and you're like, oh no, this is going to be the last time I hear it. And you're like, oh, that's tomorrow at least. That's all right. We can always have it dubbed over badly in OTT. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, I love Liger so much. I watched his um, his retirement thing at New Year's Dash. And I remember messaging you how I found it hilarious how his wife came in there and gave him flowers and he patted her on the head. Yeah, like the sure. worshipful lapdog that she is. <laughs> I think it's a Japanese culture thing. But yeah. it's, it's like, you know, approval or whatever. Um Okay, so uh, yeah, the first night was fun. Lots of really cool stuff going on. But really, it's those three matches towards yeah. the end. I think Osprey and Hiromu. Hiromu, what a fantastic entrance gear he had. And and Osprey. Yeah, he was there. The, the, the lion head and shit? Yeah, Eddie Ryan wants his gimmick back. Dude, come on. It was so much cooler than that. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I think it's genuinely one of the best matches I've ever seen. Like, the story they told... Like and everything, like wow, just crazy. That one spot that I retweeted, yeah, with the flip over pile driver thing at the end, where they go, from, how do you get from this position into this position, then up to that, and fucking damn, and like what? This was nice. This match, not only did it have the high spotty bits that people really like, but as you said, this was a proper story. There was purpose for every single one of these high spots. It was well sure. thought out. It was logical. It wasn't a young bucks match. <laughs> <laughs> And then obviously you move on to Jay White and Gado. Uh, Jay White has come on leaps and bounds for me. Yeah, when we saw him um, at Milton Keynes when he was coming out, and you you and um, Mark Blake, Size Roth, were basically saying he is going to be outstanding. He's yeah. going to be an excellent character. And again, through my pale WWE viewpoint of, oh, we need it done in three to six months, mm. his growth has been helped by all the AEW boys leaving. Yeah, had, sure. Had they all yeah. stayed he would not have been able to develop as well as he has. Yeah, maybe. But him and Ken's together running Bullet Club, that's a nice touch. They're brilliant dicks. Yeah. They're so fucking hilariously like evil and mean and cruel and Gado and Jado behind them doing all the interference on the outside and stuff, giving them purpose yeah. to keep everyone strong else away from them, you know? 
there was a thing oh, going around so much fun. Um, sort of autumn last year that Gado had stepped down as booking for New Japan. Was that did that turn out to be bollocks? Nonsense. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely still booking. I mean, look at the you stories. can tell. Yeah, <laughs> and this thing while we while we're going through this, and I know we're going to talk about the booking side of things. Considering you lost all of your top Western stars to be able to have Think such about this. a compelling, if anything, better set of stories going into your big show. Yeah. I mean, he, they must have known leading up to it, the contracts were expiring on the 4th of January, uh, Kenny's expiring a little bit later, that they were going to have to do about all of those guys. But the fact that they've managed, they obviously knew this was happening, so assumed they weren't coming. So that's why they booked everyone how they have for the last 12 months to give you 40 plus thousand people in the Tokyo Dome? Uh, over the two days, it was more like 70. Yeah. Because you had a 40, then a 30. Yeah, that's what I meant, but sort of attendance of a, yeah, of a yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. And a lot of people. the fact that on night two, there were so many people trying to get onto the English stream that it crashed the app with signups. That goes to show that without having your Omegas, your Bucks, your Cody's, people are buying in. And I, you, I saw you say uh, share something on online of how are people not mentioning a carder in the same breath as HBK, Guerrero, etc. I think you have to you know as Jack Sexsmith that tweeted that. Yeah. You have to. You look at the stories he's told the matches he's had. He's had two more five plus star matches over two days back to back. Yeah. <laughs> That's not easy. Considering for someone who had was coming out with balloons this time last year yeah. through misery. But it's it's it's, it's harsh. Name me a match that Kenny Omega's had that's five stars plus since he stopped the stuff with Okada. Well, he's been very busy booking Rio. Yeah, you could say the um, last year's main event at the Tokyo Dome with, oh my God, the ace. Ta- Tanahashi. Thank you very much. I can't believe I forgot Tanahashi's name. I feel very sad. Right but now. the fact of the matter is, as you said, but I, Okada has always been consistently good. Omega has been good because he's had a good dancing partner. You start to see how good Okada is. Yeah. Like, Kenny has great matches and stuff. I mean, this is not about Kenny, really. But it's the fact that... Well, no, but it is. Because everyone's like, Kenny Omega, he's the one we want. He's the one we want. He's the number one star in the world. Yeah. But he's not. He's number one when he gets to work with Kota Ibushi. He's number one when he gets to work with people like Okada and Naito. He's not number one when he's having to work with Moxley. He's not number one in the world when he's having to work with Trent Barretta. Sure. I think, again, there's lots of story built into those initial feuds that haven't been onto those later ones that you're talking about, which is a problem. Yeah. But in general, as as you said, Kenny Omega was doing very well in Bullet Club and having the cleaner gimmick. But there's been no one since they... Because since Carter came back from TNA into New Japan, he's always been consistent. It's basically Sonata where he will be if he stays in New Japan three years time sure because he can give good matches and then he just needs that bit of storytelling because Okada just they should do everything they can to keep that man yeah but Okada just the stories he tells in the ring plus the backstory that they've had for the longevity of the Naito not being able to get over Okada at Wrestle Kingdom and he tells it with his eyes and the frustration and that is is the thing right so um, I heard a couple people talk about this idea of why Okada's so good trying to break it down a bit and I think the biggest thing is that you see him enter the match and he looks like the, the Ibushi match and he looks aware that the other guy's very good. Yeah. 
you know, you see him take over the match and he becomes a confident person. Then you see Ibushi turns and becomes a zombie and he becomes a person that's in fear. Yeah. And he, he actually tells you a narrative every single step with his facial expressions, with his movement, with what he's doing in the ring, what he can cower away from. And he's, it's that typical thing that like Coach Wicked talked to us about a few times. Where it's like, if you think you're going slow, you're not going slow enough. Yeah. There's very few guys that do it as well as Flair, HBK, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero. I think Okada does it better than anyone. Okada doesn't get the plaudits because uh, if you don't really watch New Japan, you will not know how good he is. And also, yeah. people will take in the odd match. They won't watch a Carter over a year. They won't watch it over a couple of years. And worst case scenario, they remember a Carter from TNA when yeah. him and Sonata were there. Terrible. <laughs> Think about how good those guys are now. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, you look at Okada's moveset. Yes, he has one or two, like, kind of dangerous moves, like the set-out tombstone, which yeah. is just added in. But really, it's it's drop kicks. Clothesline. It's a clothesline. It's a, a tombstone. Spat it. <laughs> and they're like... The fact he gets that much yeah. of a very simple moveset. That's how you're a top pro. It's crazy. I think one of the main things to consider as well with Wrestle Kingdom in general, and again, I don't know if it's just the audio that I was watching on the um, New Japan World, the crowd were so much hotter this year yeah. than they were last year. And again, I don't know that's partly because they realised a lot of these guys are going, so where's the investment? But this year... I think the storyline building up, the idea of having it over two nights, because then like the diehard New Japan fans are like, I've got this, I've got Naito too, and then I've got Naito Year Dash. <laughs> sure. Year Dash was a bit of a letdown. I wanted more to happen there, but it was still good. But Because enough has been set up for New Beginnings though, hasn't it? For what they need to do. It's interesting. I think every time I watch Wrestle Kingdom, I'm like, why don't we just watch this? Yeah. And then I see the cards announced for like, the, the few events after New Year's Dash don't like that's why because it's months of slog to get to the G1 where they start to tell the story again but well, they're doing it earlier this year aren't they they're doing a spring G1 is it in June it, this I think year? it's autumn rather than spring but it's, it's it's after summer I think Yeah. so it won't be winter and then it's going to be like a good couple of months break during the winter which is probably sensible considering they get snowed in and all sorts yeah. for that last bit of the G1 usually and then obviously Wrestle Kingdom will probably have two days again because you think about the fucking money they made on Just the Gate now Great! money because new japan have shown how well a two-day there's lots of talk about this are we going to see mania over two days absolutely it's going to happen isn't it yeah because hall of fame is going to get binned off and it's going to be nxt friday mania saturday mania sunday or they'll do mania friday nxt saturday mania sunday to give the main roster guys a a one-day break uh i think they'll do friday nxt saturday sunday mania yeah and Hall of Fame be, gets pinned off. Yeah. They might do like one or two Hall of Fame things as like courtesy. Yeah. Like maybe as part of the first day. Yeah. May- maybe they have it as the pre-show. Yeah. So they do the sense. announcement and then they go straight into their six-hour card and then Sunday's the 12-hour card. Jesus Christ. If we can get it back to four, I'd like four hours each day. Well, this is the thing. If they can, if they can do this, if they do it over the weekend and just do four and four... Yeah. Mania is going to be so much better because remember every time we've watched Mania and we get to the halfway stage and we've gone that's been really good so far but then you burn out if they do four hours and properly cut it off at four yeah. and then do four hours the next day but give people something to come back for that next night sure because this is what they did with Wrestle Kingdom 
we're going to get to see Naito Okada. Can he finally do it? And the people who are going to both nights, they were like, Naito's, they were going, oh, this is going to be so good. And that is, um, to finish off our New Japan bit, is that I love how Naito came out of left field. Yeah. Like, you knew that story was there, but you didn't think it was actually going to happen. And then when he beat Jay White, it was like, ooh. Mm. <laughs> and the fact that they got so close to fucking is over and putting Ibushi over Okada. I remember like tweeting out a thing. It was just like, I love you, mate. But if yeah. you fuck up Naito's opportunity at Okada again, I'm going to hate you for the rest of my life. <laughs> it can't happen. It has to be Naito Okada. And to get you to that point in a story. Can you imagine like, as well? God, I miss that. If Kota Ibushi had been silly enough when they did the Cruiserweight Classic to say, of course I'll sign for your Cruiserweight division. Yeah. No. I'm very happy sticking around because you know he's going to get what the Naito treatment in a year or two. Yeah. He's going to be the man very, very soon. Him and then Sonada. And I mean, evil as Have well. Have you heard the Sonada rumors? I have not. I saw you say something about WWE. Might be fed bound. No. Lots of talk about it. So that he. Oh, okay, okay Sonada. Good luck ruining your career because they've done so much great work with the Asian wrestlers before. Yeah, that's a slight problem, isn't it? But if there's anyone on that roster that could be, it feels like it could be him. He's really fucking cool. Well, he's got a look, but then then you're thinking, right, so what are they going to do with Kushida? Yeah. Uh, is he injured at the moment? Because he doesn't seem to be around. I don't watch it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy that I pay for my mum's BT Sport as a birthday gift so she watched MotoGP oh, yeah. awesome. she bloody loves the motorbikes <laughs> um, but obviously I've got the BT Sport app so I can uh, watch Raw again oh, Okay, cool. and I started watching it yesterday lunchtime and I turned it off within six minutes that's a shame on man. the plus point Brock Lesnar being number one in the Rumble that's going to be fun give me Brock Lesnar versus Alistair Black please that could be good yeah anything to get Buddy Murphy off my TV I'm like yeah I'm fine with that <laughs> sorry I'm not a fan that's what Alexa Bliss said <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> How dare she? <laughs> Outrageous. But yeah, Wrestle Kingdom was, cool, was really good. I, I said, I know I haven't watched the, <laughs> the full work of it, but watching the main events, it's been so much fun. And my mo- the thing I'm most excited about, Moxley and Suzuki. Yeah, that's nice. That's going to be so good. Um, they got me to the point where I was going to my favourite wrestler ever, Kazuchika Okada. Um, you Hang on, let's of- change from Zack Sabre Jr. Well, you know what I mean. But you son of a bitch. How dare you kick out of the yeah. <laughs> that, like when he hit the Stardust press? He actually hit it. I was like, "That's it, that's it, that's it." I was standing up. Nanny was laughing at me because I was just like, "I don't give a fuck anymore," <laughs> you know. But that's the thing. Then which he kicked is- out. I was like, "You piece of shit, Okada! How dare you?" But this is the difference between this and Mania. When was the last time that you stood up at your screen with excitement for professional wrestling? I really enjoyed Kofi and Dragon, but not yeah. to that point. No. Not to that extent. I started thinking the not last... to like Macho Flair or, you know. The last two times I can remember being that excited about wrestling, Randy Orton Undertaker at WrestleMania 21, where I thought Randy Orton was going to beat The Undertaker. Okay. Because that's a time in WWE where they still weren't doing false finish, false finish, false finish all the time. Punk Cena in Chicago. That was the other one. Yeah, that was a good one. Just for the, for the fact that he did it. But they didn't write that. No. That was a necessity, it felt like. Yeah. And it seems to be legit last second, like, this is what we're going to do. Fuck it, go with it. But that's the other level of entertainment. The only other time I can remember was New Year's Re- Revolution when Edge cashed in the first ever Money in the Bank because it was so new. I remember sitting there and I was like, something different is happening. I can't believe he's doing it. Cool. cool. And also, I really liked Walter Bridge at the time. I was like, love that song. <laughs> On this day. Should we leave it there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. WorldWrestlingPodcast.com is the best place to find us. Buy a t-shirt. 
Um, I was going to say, do you want to run through the schedule for the next few weeks? Oh yeah, let's do it. So we have we... to find my message to you because it's on my oh my my phone's dead. Have you got oh, okay, it? so we've gone through um, a list of shows which we're going to cover over the next sort of six seven weeks sure um, we've spent a long time going over this list yeah some people have um requested some episodes we're going to throw those in as well sure so next week we are going to be going for nwa starcade 1987 my god this card looks amazing i cannot wait to watch this i forced this as the first one we're going to watch because i was just like i need to watch good wrestling wrestling's been way too good the last week or so <laughs> then we are taking ourselves off to the Emirates on the 21st of January. We're going to be covering QPW Super Slam 2017. Let me tell you when we get there, I have a very interesting story about my interaction. Very uh, World Cup centric, that one. With our our favorite Qatar-based wrestling promotion. Indeed, that should be a good laugh. Rolling on to the 28th of January, we are going to be covering New Japan Pro Wrestling Starcade 1991. You heard that right, New Japan Pro Wrestling Starcade, because it is the beginning of... Ah, Brian Pillman Trilogy. Absolutely. Episode one. So, we, you wanted to cover a bit of Brian Pillman, and I like watching terrible wrestling promotions, which is why on the 4th of February, we return to WCW, the wrestling, at Halloween Havoc 1995. Should be beastly. Followed by our pre-Valentine's Day episode. It's going to be lovely. <laughs> Um, <laughs> WWE In Your House 17 Grand Zero which will be the final Brian Pillman show of the trilogy yep on to February the 18th UK Rampage 1992 requested by our, one of our listeners Nick thank you very much for requesting Nick that's going to be on the 18th of February yep UK from Sheffield show it should be a lot of fun it's going to be excellent 92 is it yep is that the one with the, v- year for with the VHS cover with the British Bulldog doing uh, an arm drag possibly yeah. I don't know I haven't seen it and then on the fe- 25th of February, making their debut on the pod, something we've been wanting to cover for a long time, Fight Club Pro International Technico, featuring Tyler Bate versus Mike Quackenbush. Because we want to watch it. <laughs> it's going to be a fantastic. It's a hell of a lineup, dude. I'm looking forward to it. So very little WWF. And then, the, and then we're into Just Mania. Bits. <laughs> then we're into Mania season. Sure, man. We'll have to do Mania, obviously, as well. Of course, because we like the hits. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, Podcast dot com is the best place to find everything. Go to Amazon.co.uk, Search World of Wrestling Podcast. Buy our T-shirt. It's super cheap. Helps to support the pod. Uh, I'm at the Tex Williams on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I hate British wrestling, so. <laughs> I will only be working for SCPW, uh, Wrestling 4, and my friends over in Belgium, because Belgian wrestling's better than 90% of the shit promoters in this country. Where do we watch the Belgian wrestling one? You can watch the Belgian wrestling. If you want to watch my first debut show, Catch a Rama 2019, you can watch it on Turnbuckle TV for free. I'm going to have to check this out, because I said I would, I haven't done it yet, because I've been very ill and very busy. Main evented by UFO Joe, Fabian Archer, and... Uh Fabulous Nikki. Oh, cool. Awesome. I know one of those wrestlers. Fabian Archer? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. UFO Joe has the best entrance you will see in uh, all of European wrestling. We should cover one of their shows. We should if I don't want to get fired. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, World of Rest Pod on Twitter is the best place to follow us. Interact. Go vote on our pod for our wrestler of uh, our Hall of Fame, sorry, who will be officially the first person ever in the World of Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame. Please don't just vote for Coach Wicked because you know him. <laughs> for the record, there is going to be a plaque which I am going to send. I have already found details of two of the people 
and I will be able to send it to their agencies. That Man, they it looks like you're getting a plaque, mate. <laughs> Murder clown. If you could let me know what your agent's details are. Oh my are. god, how do we get that to him through Conan? I guess. Conan, I need to send a plaque to Murder Clown. <laughs> Can you possibly imagine if that works? Hi, Conan. I need to get something to Murder Clown. Do you have an address for him? <laughs> oh, mate, I'm totally up for it. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Actually, asking for someone's address. No. Anyway, um, Conan, can I send this to you? And can you give it to Murder Clown? <laughs> what a wrestling podcast on Facebook. Give us a like. I'm Fanboy Rich on Instagram and Twitter. I've already done mine. You've already done yours. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Merry Happy New Year. Christmas is coming soon. It's coming soon.